And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of the Castle Collective. My name is Sean Rapier. I am your host, and I am joined by four very talented members of our collective. First off, he is one of the hosts of the Word on the Main Street podcast, Sean Solo. How are you tonight? Doing great. It's always great to be here. Uh, thanks yeah. for having me again. <laughs> I love that you're mixing up. See, we see each other on on video. Uh, and the audience won't see you, but you got the Star Wars shirt, the Mickey hat, and the Haunted Mansion poster behind you. You're hitting it yep. on uh, on all parts, which is pretty great. Oh, always. Yes. Our uh, next member of the collective, he dominated Disneyland throughout the 90s, practically lived there. Nick at night, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. And I will be keeping the rules this time. I doubt it, but that's okay. I None of us promise. believe you. None of us believe you, but that's all right. Uh, and then also he is uh, an internationally renowned DJ speaker, and he once was a skipper on the Jungle Cruise. Skipper Rob, welcome back. Thank you for having me. So glad you're here. And of course, I would say classing up the joint, making everything better. Um <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good Mary Poppins line, but they all escape me at this point. But she is an incredibly perfect in every way. Ah, yes, she is perfect in every way. She's a very, very talented story artist, former uh, Disney story artist, Heather Walberg. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Excited to be here. Thanks as so we, much. As we call her Heather Poppins, but we are going to go ahead and use your name, Heather Walberg, because. We have something very special we're doing tonight, and I want to do this before we get into the actual episode. As we've mentioned many times on the show, Heather Poppins is a very talented story artist and just a talented artist in general. And Heather is constantly, if you're not following her, it's a story monster on, and is it, remind us, is it story underscore monster or just yeah, story uh, monster? It's story underscore monster or yeah. dash monster, no, underscore, yeah. Yeah, story underscore monster on Instagram. You can see all of her amazing art. It does lean toward Mary Poppins quite a bit. But tonight we have something that we are doing a giveaway for you, our listeners. Yes. You can actually win some original Heather Wallwork art. Heather, tell us about it. <laughs> so, yes, I have a five by seven um, original watercolor piece that is a propose to the show. And um, yeah. I will be sharing a picture with you guys. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a country bears jamboree original art. So and it is awesome. <laughs> you sent me a picture of it. It is so cool. And uh, it's big Al from uh, the country mm -hmm. bears jamboree. And you captured his face just so perfectly. <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm at the show, but you have got to see, Oh, Rob just did the face. That was, that was spot on Rob. <laughs> um, but it is amazing. So we want you to actually win this. This is literally an original piece, signed art uh, from Heather, who is so talented. And here's how you can win the piece. We're trying to get the word out about the show and grow our audience. So here's all you have to do. Go on either Facebook or Instagram, or both would be even better, and tag us in a post. Just share with your social media group, with, with your friends, Hey, there's this podcast about Disneyland. I sure love it. And tag us in it. If you're not following us, it's going to be hard to tag us. So be sure you're following us on Facebook and on Instagram. It's where we announce uh, new shows and different things that we're doing. But share with your friends. You get one entry for Facebook, 
one entry for Instagram. You do have to actually tag us in it. But if you go look, um, I think it's uh, Castle Pod, I think is our username. But if you search Castle Collective, you will find us on Instagram and on Facebook. Just be sure to tag us, share it with your friends. You can share a, a single episode if you want. You can just do a post about it and tag us in it so that people can click on it. We're trying to get the word out there. So again, one entry for Facebook, one entry for Instagram, and maybe we'll do a little Facebook live drawing or something like that uh, to, to get it out there. And and then the winner will, will, will be notified next week. So get out there and tag us on Facebook and Instagram, win this beautiful print, go check it out. We're sharing the, the picture of it on Instagram as well as on Facebook. So I don't even care if you want to say, hey, everybody, I really want to win this picture. So and tag us there. We don't care how you do it. Just tag us in in your uh, Facebook or Instagram. And uh, that would really be great. Heather, you're so cool. Thank you so much for doing that. So much fun. Thank you. No, we're, we're really excited about it. So, well, tonight we have got a real show. We've got uh, a big, big cross section of the collective here. And uh, we we all agreed we're going to follow the rules. I cannot wait to see how long this lasts that we actually follow the rules. I like how you rules. call it a real show. <laughs> a real show. We got ourselves a real show here, folks. Um, but uh, tonight, what we're going to be doing, and this was actually Nick at Night's idea. This is two weeks in a row that Nick uh, has inspired our episode. And what we're going to do tonight is... There are always attractions that have gone away that we feel one of two ways about it. Either we didn't get a chance to participate in the attraction, whether it was a restaurant or a parade or a ride or a show, and we miss it or we, we wish we had been on it or we've been on it. We have great memories of it and we miss it. So either way, so each of us have come up with three attractions. We're not doing them ranked in any kind of order. Just three attractions that, man, I really wish this one attraction was back. Now, this can be anywhere in the Disneyland Resort. So it could be California Adventure. It could be, uh, you know, in, in downtown Disney. I know that when I just said California Adventure, everybody thought of Superstar Limo. That was the first thing everybody thought of. <laughs> I get the strange feeling none of us have it on the list, but, you know, who am I to judge? So, uh, but it could be anywhere and any type of attraction. So I'm excited to hear what the collective has come up with. And why don't we go actually first, Skipper Rob, why don't we start with you? Uh, I'm going to be making some notes here while we're talking so that I can, uh, you know, kind of keep it all, keep it all in one place here. So, uh, Rob, you want to start us off with your first one? I appreciate you going with me first because the one I picked, I'm pretty sure everybody else, well, not everybody else, a couple of people on this panel will have it as well. I do want to start off by saying my honorable mention is Hollywood Limo <laughs> because there's videos out there, but I just want to go on and see what that train wreck was like. I just, I, I would love to. All right. So who, it is an honorable Who got mention. to ride and remember Superstar Limo? Should we get it out of the Superstar way? Superstar Limo. I have. So, yes. <laughs> Sean, Sean Solo, you have, yeah, Heather, yeah. you have, I did. Yep. It, it, I was fascinated by it, but I love a dark ride, you know, <laughs> and, uh, doing, doing standup comedy many years ago, uh, I got to meet Drew Carey and spend some time with him and he was one of the people in there. So that was kind of cool. Uh, Heather, what's your memory of superstar limo? Um, I went after I graduated from high school and I just remember thinking, 
oh, I didn't know that these people are still big actors. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Solo, how much do you remember of it? Uh, I, I remember quite a bit. Um, it was, I think it was the first year California Adventure had opened and, and we went for Christmas. I was with my cousin and he loved it. And yeah. So we, I was, I was with him <laughs> night and uh, he wanted to keep going. So I got to write it a few times. Uh, and <laughs> Love it, it. Awesome. I just was not about it. <laughs> yeah. It just it was really weird to me. Uh, but it's worth it's worth the honorable order? mention, Rob. It's definitely worth okay. it. So let's jump into it's your just, first one, Rob. What what what, okay. what you got first? The one I find the most fascinating, and I've seen videos on it, I've watched stuff on it, and it is the adventure through inner space. It All right. Looks, I had a feeling that oh, this cool. was gonna come up. With a yeah. few people. First of all, who else has inner space? Sean Solo also does. Yep. Nick, Heather, yeah. no, no inner space. Okay. Journey through inner space for our listeners who may not know what it is. Uh, Rob, why don't you give us a quick uh, kind of a quick overview as to what the attraction is? Yeah, basically, I, I it was sponsored by. It was a sponsored Monsanto. Is it Monsanto? Monsanto. <laughs> well, I know Monsanto sponsored, sponsored half also the park, the House of the Future, and yeah. so my my thoughts are with it also that it was, um, you know, it was a science type ride and um, sponsored by Monsanto. I think they make plastics and whatnot, or chemicals that will kill us. But um, what I really thought was interesting about it is, is it you start off, it's an Omnimover. And you go through a telescope and then you go in to molecular atoms and different scales. And then you get bigger and bigger and bigger. But it's really cool because it goes through this entire universe of what is beyond our eyesight. And then at the very end, they have this interactive uh, part that was part of Monsanto where you get to try all like the different things. It kind of reminds me of what they used to have at Interventions where you like right. you make plastic crap like that. And so uh, that's what it was. And it just sounded really – oh, they also went to a snowflake. I remember that there's a snowflake park. There's yep. all sorts of different things. And I just it just seemed very fascinating to me. Sean Solo, why did this make your list? Well, uh it may come as a surprise, but I'm a big Haunted Mansion fan. And uh, <laughs> was it just because it's an Omni mover? Not not only do you get the Doom buggy, basically, but uh, the the narrator was Paul Freeze, who was also the ghost host. Oh, that's uh, right. Okay. And so I'm just a big Paul Freeze fan. So for that, it's interesting to me. But also, if you go to YouTube and just search Adventures Through Inner Space, I think the first video that will come up is a virtual ride through that somebody created. Oh, so, really? wow. so I've been able to kind of experience it through YouTube, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It just seems like a very classic dark ride that I just, I never got the chance to, uh, to ride. And I think if they brought it back today, the, the effects might be actually pretty cool. So. All right. I hate to do this. Gosh, <laughs> I, I am dreading doing this because I know how this is going to end. Raise your been hand, on it, right? Raise your hand if you've been on adventures through inner space. <laughs> That's right. Literally just me. I there's no way any of you guys did. Uh, our audience may not know this, but uh, I am the elder statesman of the Castle Collective uh, at nearly 50 years old, and so yeah, I was probably six when I wrote it, six or seven. Do you have but, a memory of it? But I, I remember well. I'll tell you what I remember. Um, wow. I, I I remember little things when I watch the video that it kind of triggers. 
But what I really remember was being in line and, you know, they had kind of the doom buggy slash uh, people mover type, you know, whatever, but it was on an Omni mover, but you knew the the premise that you were going to be shrunk down and they had this clear tube that was going across in front of you in line way up above. And there was a miniature of the cars. I was a hundred percent convinced they were real. I was so sure, but this is when I look back and go, what an idiot moron kid I was, because even though I was sure it was real, I was excited to do it. I was like, wow, they're really going to shrink us down. I thought those were the real cars and the real people. Like how else could they do it? There's no way there's miniatures. So it was a very, very cool attraction. You guys know that I love a dark ride, love a dark ride. And uh, I think that's one of the, uh, I think that's one of the great ones for sure. So Good, right now, good choosing. Um, Star Wars is there. Uh, uh, the Star, Star Wars. Tour Tours. Mm-hmm. Star, Star Tours. Star Tours. Sorry. Star Tours is yeah. where it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, cool. The other thing I like about it is I think it's, I think there's a Tomorrowland that doesn't exist anymore where it was really like the bold, adventurous future. You know, it was what can we actually discover at some point? And it actually was much more of an Epcot style ride. You know, it was, you know, you look at like Body Wars that came later at Epcot. Uh, Body Wars, which was based on the Star Tours platform, but it was, hey, you get shrunk down and uh, get put into somebody's body in that one. So, yeah, I went on that ride as an adult. It's terrible. It is so bad. I, uh, it was fun fact about Body Wars. Directed by Leonard Nimoy. Oh, I didn't know that. And, uh, yeah, Elizabeth <laughs> Shue was in it. Uh, it's yeah. Just, it's so bad. Yeah, Body so Wars bad. made me sick. Um, it, you, you got lunged along with the blood, like the blood would pump, and so you'd be rocking back and forth, and it really made me sick. Um, yeah, so uh, Adventures Through Inner Space, awesome. I think it's a, it's a classic. Unfortunately, it got torn down when they were trying to make it make Disneyland more exciting. But I'm grateful that as a kid, I got to ride it. And I knew it would make somebody's list. So anything else on Adventures Through Inner Space, guys? Um, yeah. I, I it, Was that the first Omnimover of its type with the with the egg-shaped uh, buggy? Did that I inspire the I believe that mansion? was with the Haunted Mansion. The Haunted Mansion was the, first, was the first buggy so. style? Okay. I believe so. I could be wrong, but... Sean, I trust you when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to haunted mansion stuff. I definitely trust you. So, yeah. <laughs> I have well, one I thing. I guess yeah. one thing I could add to it is uh, you you go onto a snowflake, like uh, Rob was saying. But uh, I I've heard that they chose water because uh, it's H two O, so it's it looks like a Mickey. So hmm. it's the three uh, molecules hmm. or whatever, ah. uh, and so. I had never heard that. It's the, That's it's really the cool. Mickey element. Yeah. Nice. Nice little tidbit there. I like it. All right. Let's move on to uh, our next one. How about Heather Poppins? What's, uh, what's your first one you want to share? Um, I think I'm going to share my number one thing that I miss and it might get you guys to like groan a little bit, but I really miss the Jedi training Academy. Nice. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It was so fun. And I've never actually, you know, been in it, of course, because I've always been too old. But but uh, I I just love to sit and watch the show and see all the cute kids, like their reaction to the bad guys 
Darth Maul and Darth Vader and, and all those. And it's just so much fun to watch. So yeah, they got rid of it when Galaxy's Edge was built. But um, I don't know, maybe it'll come back. I hope so. Yeah, Jedi Training Academy is actually still open in Florida. They're still doing it in Florida at uh, Hollywood Studios. They've got a little stage right outside of Star Tours. But I did not see this one coming. Does anybody else have Jedi <laughs> Training Academy on their list? Heather, I, not, I think that's so it. cool. Um, so I, I host another podcast that's completely not in any way, shape, or form Disney related. But I did have a guest on a couple of weeks ago who actually was Darth Maul in the parks. And we talked oh. about Jedi Training Academy. <laughs> yes, yes. So I, I was interviewing him and and uh, he said that he used to have a blast coming out as as Darth Maul and he did the whole the whole thing. So Oh fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Pretty, that would be an easy one for them to bring back, you know. I, I don't yeah. know. Now with all that they've invested over in uh, Galaxy's Edge, I don't know that they will. So here's the question, Heather. If you could if they would let you go on stage with the, all the little kids, because it's and and by the way, for our listeners who don't know what Jedi Training Academy is, it, just explain really quickly kind of what it is, an overview. Yeah, so um, there's a bunch of kids and they dress up in Jedi robes. And this is just like a show that anybody can watch. It was just like outside in uh, Tomorrowland. And uh, they do they like kind of put on a play or something for for the kids where they teach the kids, you know, how to swing their lightsaber and use the force and stuff. And then, and then at the end, a bad guy comes out and kind of invades the stage and, and uh, the kids need to like fight the bad guy yeah, to, to win. And it's so fun. It is so fun. And it's so just kind of cute. You see these little kids who really believe that they have the force and they all have to band together and use the force together to defeat Darth Maul and, yeah, and there's great music that plays, and the uh, the actors that are in it get really into it. So love that you love that. I think that's really cool. All right, let's move on to none other than Nick at Night. What do you have, Nick? So I have one that uh, will probably surprise a few people, uh-huh. but it goes actually to what Rob said about liking something that was just a hot mess. And <laughs> I... I would like to have tried the Phantom Boats. Phantom Boats. Wow. Okay. So nice. Does anybody else know the Phantom Boats? I do. Yeah. Are, we talked they about the, like, it. The gas-powered boats. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were these little tiny, looks like Batmobiles. Yeah, they uh, had big fins that came off the, yeah, the, the top and the back. Side. It was back in 1955. And yeah. it was in what was the Tomorrowland Lagoon, which then turned into the submarine kind of area and whatnot. Yeah. But that I obviously I wasn't alive then and I didn't get to experience the very first Disneyland. But there was a part of me that wanted to ride something like on this list. I wanted to pick something that very few people have gotten to ride. And yeah. pardon my bad English. But the the idea there was. This ride also, it was the first to close in the park, but it came back and was closed again because yeah. yeah. they just couldn't fix it. And to me, I, I I think that Disney is one of the most incredible humans to have ever walked the earth, but it's also nice to see that he made a mistake. <laughs> and uh, And this is one of those mistakes, but 
Again, very few people got to experience it. And I think that there was just a weird part of my head that would want to try a ride that just stunk on ice. There were a lot of problems. First of all, I doubt it, but did anybody else have phantom boats uh, on their list? (laughs) No, me neither. So Nick, (laughs) congratulations. You might get the obscurity award. But no, there are a lot of problems with it. The the boats kept malfunctioning, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for a while, for a little while, they had drivers yeah. that would actually drive you around. So they had tons of staff that had to be there working. Then they stopped having drivers and the boats, like they let people drive their own boats the way they do Autopia. But the boats were just wide enough that around the corners, they could get wedged. <laughs> So they would actually get wedged. Then the next boat would hit them and then it'd be a boat pile up. Yeah. And they had actual outboard motors on. This thing was so dangerous it like was in every way. So it you was can actually, if you stand facing, facing the castle, if you stand to the right of the castle, um, not directly to the right, but over on the other side, you can actually see where it all was. They had to wall it off. They reopened it at half the size and then eventually said, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? <laughs> Man, and, I am super impressed. That is they, a good well, one. It, it, it was a ride that didn't have a track. Yeah. I, it's hard to even imagine something like that happening with giving kids a motor vehicle without a track. I mean, the insurance policies that they must have had back then were insane. Yeah, but I, but, but so, the people who the people who drove to the park that day though, no seat belts. Kids running around all over, like they 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 rode forty five miles in the back of the truck on the uh, like four hundred five freeway. So, right. yeah, that's my biggest problem with Jurassic World when those two boys go in that globe and they and they can just drive wherever where dinosaurs are. <laughs> I was like, that would never happen in any world. Like, yeah, I can have this autonomous vehicle and drive around dinosaurs. Anyway, I digress, but that's the same concept, Nick. <laughs> That is really, really cool. It was a B ride, by the way, for those of you that are history buffs on uh, the ticket system back in the day. It was a B ride. Mm. That's another episode we're going to have to do is choose one one A ticket, B ticket, C ticket, (laughs) D ticket, and E ticket. That would be great. Any other thoughts on the Phantom Boats? This might be the most any Disney podcast has has ever talked about the Phantom Boats. So. So I, I love that we did this. So You're welcome. very cool. All right. Well, I think that that actually leads to me you. and yeah. uh, I'm going to go with one that you guys may have experienced. You may even remember, uh, but it was a big, big deal to me. And that is the Skyway. I have yeah. the Skyway as one of my three. Does anybody else have the Skyway? I thought I do. That was number seven on my list. <laughs> All right. First of all, Sean Solo, it was number seven on your list. That tells you about your list (laughs) and our ability to keep the rules. But Heather, tell us about the Skyway and why you have it on there. Um, Every vintage picture I look at in Disneyland has this Skyway going through the Matterhorn. And it just looks so beautiful and just so fun to ride. But uh, I know that that they got rid of it more recently, at least in my lifetime. And uh, I don't ever remember ever mm. seeing it. So I'm disappointed that I never got to ride that one, but it's, it's just beautiful in all the vintage pictures. 
It, it, it's amazing. I remember it well. Um, again, being one of the older people. Um, yeah, no, it, it was awesome. And when I was a kid, I could not wait to get on the Skyway. And in fact, you know, we all have those nostalgia things. Um, up until literally probably four years ago or five years ago. So, so the Skyway, I guess we should explain. People don't know what it is. It's like the cables that went over the top and the little cars, the gondolas. That, uh, that that you could ride and you could go all the way across the park. You actually went through the Matterhorn. They had a yeah. hole in the Matterhorn so you could go through it. Um, and there was one station over in Tomorrowland. Uh, it was actually, it was Fantasyland. It was right around the corner. So I think it was technically, no, uh, no it was Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. And then the other, the other side was, yeah, you're right. It's, it was right by, uh, it was, it was right by where in Tomorrowland, it was over by where now Star Wars Launch Bay is. Um, yes. And then it would go up. There was also the the Mad Hatter used to be over there, um, the the store, but it would go to the other side and it was at Fantasyland and it was right where Pinocchio's restaurant is just, just past there. And yeah. the one thing about that Fantasyland side is it was really cool because it was up on a hill and then you would walk down the hill down in back into the park and there were steps that went down. Well, they put food carts uh, to kind of cover that up. But up until about three or four years ago, they still had the cottage up there where the turn, the big turn wheel was. And so every time I'd go walking past there, I'd stop. And it was very tempting to just sneak in and walk up the stairs, but I never did it. And then uh, maybe maybe four or five years ago, they, they tore it down. I used to love it. I understand why they got rid of it. Um, they got rid of it because people drop things on people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the biggest thing is that, you know, they were open. Um, who, who else has done the Skyway and remembers it? I remember it. Nick, Rob? And one of my favorite things about it was, is when you go through the Matterhorn, you could hear the Yeti going, mm. like, I love that part when you go through it and you could hear people screaming, but you could hear that ominous roar as you go through. That yeah, is I, so cool. I loved it because you got views of the park. You couldn't get anywhere else. And you get to hear the park like normally when you're walking through it, you can only hear just a little bit where you're at. But when you're going over the park, you kind of get this cool, I don't know, collage of sounds and experiences of Disneyland all at once. You got to see the top of the Alice in Wonderland ride and all that stuff. And I, I could be wrong, Sean, but I think they still have the steps going up to it yeah, there's still I think there. the steps are still there but the but that the uh the actual house the little house there yeah. is gone yeah. yeah yeah unfortunately has has anybody else ridden the the skyliner at disney world the new skyliner yeah, yeah rob amazing. it's it's amazing i mean what they did and it goes so far guys it goes yeah. like you can travel all over on that thing and i'm hoping that they figure out something like that at disneyland because it is actually enclosed. And so we rode three of the legs on it. It's incredible, really fun. Well, I'm Heather, I'm thrilled that you have Skyway. I, I'm, I'm much the same way, even though I do have personal memories of it as well. You don't see, you don't ever see Disneyland without it because it kind of went across the entire park, right? Yeah. Yes, super- totally. It was, yeah. Because <laughs> the iconic, you know, the Matterhorn iconic, and then you have these gondolas going through it. So, yeah, yeah it's just beautiful. 
Very cool. It's definitely retro Disney. So I love it. All right. Next, why don't we go over to Sean Solo? What else do you have? Uh, so my number two was the Golden Horseshoe Review, but mm. I won it with uh, Betty Taylor and Wally Bogue. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really want to see it with anybody else, to be honest. Yeah. So. <laughs> so talk a little bit about that. Talk a little bit about the Golden Horseshoe. It, it was just, I mean, there are two Disney legends right there that I just mentioned uh, that did that show. I think they set a world record for the most live performances of a show and just to be able to see that in in real real life and see them do their thing would have been really cool because i heard they had some great chemistry together and it just would have been something to see did, sure. did anybody else have golden horseshoe on their list specifically that show because the golden horseshoe technically yeah though a shell of the its show. former self <laughs> Uh, but that that show, and then uh, Wally Bogue ended up going to Knott's Berry Farm after he left Disneyland, right? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I think he may have. Yeah, I get confused because after Wally Bogue, which which I never saw Wally Bogue, uh, that not that I remember. I don't know what year he stopped performing. But uh, then there was a show for many years called Bill Hill and the Hillbillies. Mm. And, and I know they actually, went over to they went over to Knott's Berry Farm, not Wally Bogue, but yeah, yeah. Wally Bogue was. I, think wally bogue died and then i think the next day or something like that betty taylor died it was it was pretty weird yeah they were like best friends so yeah and that was and then i don't know if you've been in my uh my office or my studio here but i do have pictures of my grandfather being kissed on the head by betty taylor uh i don't know if you've shown me that yeah it's 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 pretty cool uh it's got four, there's four photos it shows her coming to him patting him on the head kissing him on the head and then showing the lipstick mark in the mirror so i can actually see my grandpa's face the other ones are from behind but that is so it's, it's cool. cool i think that's that's when we may have to have an episode on what are we putting in there because honestly like the christmas show is great but the rest of the year that's just wasted space yeah. Any other thoughts on the uh, the Golden Horseshoe from anyone else before we move on? All right. Let's keep going then. I think that's a solid choice. By the way, I thought about it. Sean, that one did cross <laughs> my mind. It didn't make the list, but it did cross my mind. Well, so. last episode, we matched on something incredible. And so. Yeah. Last that, episode, that we, match we matched <laughs> on the weirdest one that we will ever have for us to match on. So that was pretty, pretty good. So. All right, let's head over then to uh, Skipper Rob. What is your next one? Um, I've done a lot of research about this one, and it just gets me really excited. And I would just love to go on this ride. It's called the Mine Train Thrifters mm. Wonderland. Yes. And uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is one of my favorite rides. I love it. And I love both iterations, but I kind of like the one at Disneyland more just because of the queue. I love the queue. Mm. And what I've realized as I've done more research, that queue has a lot of the old mine train uh, attributes to it. So that little town that you come into, that was part of the original mine train town. And then when you go inside... I think it's that first cave when you go up and you see the, the the colored caverns or the crystal caverns that was inspired 
by the ride, the mine train through nature's wonderland. And so it was a slow moving train and you would go around and there's this part where they had these rocks and it looked kind of like Southern Utah and the rocks were like teetering or rolling around and they had different animals like coyotes and, and maybe foxes and owls do howling and things like that. And then you would go into the, I think that was like the part of the ride that was like the highlight was going into those color caverns, I think it was called. And they had a whole song. It was like, I'll, I'll find it. I can't do it justice. <laughs> but it was just amazing, really cool ride. And, I, and I'm going to put another honorable mention. Right next to it, they had this donkey ride. Mm, like that sounded yeah. so cool. Like how cool is that to ride live donkeys? But being from the West and going on train rides as a kid, I think I would have loved that ride. Did anybody else have the Mind Train Through Nature's Wonderland on their list? It was eighth on my list. <laughs> how, how deep did you go? Like 20? I had nine that I was debating between. And so that's pretty sweet. So I, I will say there is a very good chance that I rode this. It closed in 1977. Wow. Um, but, uh, but I was five in 1977 and, uh, being that my dad's from Anaheim, my grandparents lived in Anaheim. I know I went when I was little, I have pictures of me as a two and three year old with Mickey mouse. So there is a decent shot that I did get to ride it. No memory of it whatsoever. None, but, uh, there's, there is good, uh, there is good video on YouTube of it. And yes, there actually was the, uh, the ride where actual donkeys, uh, you would have enjoyed it, Rob, until uh, it tipped over the entire cart, which happened multiple times. So, you know, there's some good backstory on that. But what? Uh, like the train tipped over. Uh, I think Sean's talking about uh, the stagecoach. Yeah, the stage. They, they had the the donkey rides, and then they yeah. They oh yeah, no, no, no. You're oh, right. I was thinking about the stagecoach. No, on the donkeys, okay. a lot of times they just had a hard time getting them to go. You right. know. Who knew that mules would be stubborn? I don't think anybody knew that, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it didn't, it didn't always yeah. work out. Cool. I'm glad you chose that. Any other thoughts on mind train through nature's wonderland before we move on? All right. Over to you, Nick at night. What else you got? Okay. I am going to jump over to Tomorrowland, late eighties, early nineties, the Starcade. Mm. Now I, I was, uh, <clears throat> I was a fan of video games back in the day, and for purely nostalgia reasons, the idea that uh, if you could go back to an arcade that, if you remember, had the newest games, the the best setup, everything about it was just so exciting. And I would even say they had rare games. Like, I hadn't seen some of those games anywhere else. And it was a two-story arcade. And where did you see a two-story arcade anywhere else? It was just so cool. And so for me, if I could go back and do it again, it would be really fun now because I actually have money to do that. Whereas back then, <laughs> I was barely able to get into the park. But yeah, the Starcade would be a really fun thing to have back at the park, I think. I love that you chose this. Did anybody else have Starcade on there? Okay, I got to say it's my number four. Uh, it did not make my top three, but it was in and out of the four. I have so many memories, Nick, of playing in the Starcade, uh, you know, being square on a victim of the 80s. Starcade opened in the late 70s, 
when the whole boom happened of arcades. But it was cool because it was as you were leaving Space Mountain, right. it was right there. And uh, in fact, they now use it as event space. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember, Sean, if you and I were there together, or I may have been there with my family. They did uh, one year for the Christmas or the, the uh, Halloween party. They did. They gave out the annual pass holder pins there. And so they had it open and I was able to walk through and look around and go, I remember what machine used to be there. But it it was like an arcade, but the way Disneyland does arcades, which is music, lights, like sound effects, all kinds of just cool stuff. And and sure enough, we would blow, you know, here you pay a fortune to get into Disneyland. Then we would blow 10, 15, $20 in quarters and we'd spend two or three hours in that arcade. Did you have a favorite classic arcade game nick yeah that was where i don't know if you guys remember this but there was a star wars game mm. the very first star wars game where sit you down kind of one going, where you were going through the trench or whatever yeah and you had there was a it wasn't just a joystick with buttons it was like you had the controls of the ship and it was so low res graphics i mean looking back on it it's these these like asterisks would jump out at you and that's what you shot it was really poor but it was still exciting because they had like Luke's voice in it. And they, that was the thing back in the day. Arcades had a much more advanced gaming system than the home systems did. And so the, the arcades always had the really cool graphics and, and everything worked well and so on. And so this was, when you got to go there, it was an, a real upgrade in your video game experience. And that was the game that I made sure to find every time. And it was always packed. Did anybody else have any experiences in, in Starcade? Does anyone remember this? Yeah, I do, but barely. My problem was is we didn't go to Disneyland as much as you. I wanted to stay in the Ar- Starcade, but everybody else, we got to go, we got to go. <laughs> I and get it. Just go in there and go like, oh, yeah. right? I totally <laughs> I get I it. I love arcades. And it was also one of the highlights, if you will, for on the people mover, because you would when you went on the people mover, it would kind of bring you up and around and you'd get to look down and see all the people playing the games. And you're like, oh, look. So, yeah, super cool. Very, very cool. Well, if uh, does anyone else have anything else on Starcade or I think we'll move right along. And uh, I think everybody has done two of theirs except for me. Right. So, uh, so I'm going to go with, with, uh, my, my second one. And I have to say, uh, that, all right, I'll try and decide which one to do first. Uh, Nick just mentioned the people mover. I'm just going to put it out there. The people mover is one of my three. And I debated on this because there is a people mover at Disney world. Uh, it hasn't been open for a year. It's been closed for a year, but they have announced it's going to be opening again at the end of April. They've done a lot of refurbishing. But even though I can still go on that one, the experience is so very different at being able to see Disneyland. Uh, First of all, did anybody else have the people mover on their list? Nobody else. Just four on my list. Number four. Honorable. Nice. Yeah, it's it's a good one for honorable mention. So. So when I used to go to Disneyland when I was a kid, uh, People Mover was often the first and last thing we did in the park. Uh, Oftentimes I'd hit it three or four times, but I like to go first thing over to it because you got to take in Disneyland. That and the Skyway together, you could see the entire park, but it was great because you kind of got this upper view 
And of course, being a huge Tron fan for a while, it was people mover through the world of Tron, which I still watch that video on YouTube all the time and remember how just amazing that was. Looking back, it was kind of cheesy. It was just a video wall with some scenes from Tron. But uh, the People Mover was special. And I really hate the fact that you can still see the track there. Bring back the People Mover. I know it's going to cost a fortune. I know OSHA is making it difficult. But uh, I loved doing it in the morning. I loved it twilight. If you'd go do it right as the lights were all kind of coming on, golden hour, you'd see the lights coming on, that dusk view of it. And then at night, we would head over there right as the park was closing. Last thing we'd do, kind of kick back, ride through, see everything. And uh, it was just amazing. So people movers on my list. Am, am I safe to assume that you all rode the people mover? I did. I, I, I did not. I, I don't know if I did. I know I did at Walt Disney World. I have. and But we always made fun of it. We called it the people remover. Because it was so boring, but so we didn't have that nostalgia attached to it. But I really want to go to it because of this Tron part. So yeah, yeah. I don't know if I did. You, you would know if you heard this. Here, I got this for you. The vehicle doors will close automatically. Please remain seated during your tour, keeping your hands and arms inside the vehicle, and kindly refrain from smoking. Thank you. Back uh, when smoking in the park was yeah thing. Kindly refrain from smoking here. You can smoke the second you get off this ride, but for now, yeah, I just, I love the people mover. Heather, what what are your memories of the people mover? Well, I've been at the one at Disney World and uh, they just let us ride it repeatedly because it was during a rainstorm, which was super nice of them. Um, now the people mover track, wasn't that uh, rocket rods later? It became rocket okay. rods. Absolutely. And I have ridden that. In fact, that was a little bit of the nightmare ride, which is uh, I was like in high school and we waited three hours to ride it like 10 to 1 a.m. And it kept on breaking down and it was in the circle vision building. Right. And and uh, when we finally got on and wrote it, it was it was so not worth it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So that was my my nightmare story with rocket rods. I'm sure as a people mover though, it's it was way better and during the daytime too. Yeah, rocket rods was one of Eisner's lows. Was was creating rocket rods. That was Eisner did a lot of great things for the company, but holy cow, rocket rods was hurry hurry speed up speed up speed up slow down slow down slow down slow down. Yes. <laughs> speed up speed up speed up speed up slow slow down slow down because it couldn't take corners. Yeah, that was bad. But uh, I'll just say, bring back the people mover. That's another one of those iconic, you know, early Disney just, but it it is a neat way to see the park. I wish you could all all enjoyed it because it was really something. All right. If we've got nothing else on the people mover, we're going to go on to people's uh, third, third and final. Uh, Let's go over to, uh, how about Rob? Okay, so you guys have just like convinced me because I actually had rocket rods on here. <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> I did. I just want to go on it. I want to go on it. I want to go on these terrible rides to see why they were <laughs> so <don't>. terrible. <laughs> but Heather talked me out of it. So now it's moved down on my list. Uh, and then funny. People Movers through Tron, that was on there as well. But I'm going to go with my fifth one, right? 
which is really weird, but I really want to go there. Monsanto House of the Future. Yes. Fantastic. Tell us what Monsanto House of the Future was. Once again, a sponsored house of the future, which used to be, there's a garden there now, I believe, but it was in Tomorrowland. And it was this house that was like, kind of looked like a half-eaten Christmas cake, birthday cake. I don't know. It's like it was round, and there's like a chunk out of it, yeah. and it got the windows. Like a wheel, but it was of cheese. this house of the like a wheel of cheese with a wedge. A wheel of out cheese. Of there you go. You guys can describe it much better than I can. But it was like this. Yeah, a wheel of cheese. It was half eaten, but it was just this. Here's the thing: is my favorite experience as a child was going to Epcot. So anything that had to do with the future and the possibilities of the future always intrigued me. It always just got me excited, and so that's why you know when you mention some other rides, I'm just a big Ep- like uh, when Journey Through Inner Space, just because it has that Epcot feel to Very it. Very Epcot feeling. Uh, it was an attraction that offered guests a tour of the futuristic home of modern plastics, right? Mm, which we know is great <laughs> for the environment. The attraction was rightfully housed in Tomorrowland and operated for 10 years from 1957 to 67. Um, and they had uh, an appliance known as the microwave featured in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and over 20 million vi- visitors went through it. But I just wanted to see what – I like the fut- I like retro future. And so that is my vision of Tomorrowland, that they go back to retro future. Did anybody else have Monsanto House of the Future on their list? I was thinking about it. Yeah, (laughs) But I do want to say, if people haven't seen it, so on Disney Plus, they've got uh, the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse. It's it's a new series of Mickey shorts. Yes. And there is a House of the Future (laughs) episode that is awesome. It is. I I never thought great big beautiful tomorrow would be so creepy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The house of the future episode is very, very funny. Actually, Sean, you sent it to me. I watched it because of your suggestion (laughs) on it. It's very, very good. Um, Yeah. The Monsanto house of the future. um, If you, if we ever make it back to Disneyland um, when you're there, uh, you can actually see the footings still. So the, the footings, the cement pylons that the house of the future sat on are still there if you know where to look for them, but the video is classic. If you watch back, you know, they had a dishwasher that raised up out of the counter and came up so you could load the dishes in it. It's like the, they basically just took the Jetsons cartoon and built it out of plastic is what they did. So you may have to explain the Jetsons cartoon. That's still a (laughs) reference, man. (laughs) Are they, they're not making the Jetsons anymore. I don't know what's going on. Kids, you can watch it on VHS. Ask your parents. All right. So, <laughs> but uh, Sean, uh, Sean Solo, tell us what happened. That's interesting. When they went to tear down the Monsanto House of the Future. This is a famous, yeah. famous Disneyland story. Legend has it that it was so well built that when they uh, went to demolish it and uh, what's it called? The... Uh, Wrecking ball, wrecking ball. So they released the wrecking ball to uh, take it down, and the ball just bounced right off of the, uh, the house of tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, they ended up having to uh, use like torches and unscrew it and whatever because the wrecking ball just kept bouncing off of it. <laughs> that is the house of the future, right there, my friends. That is the house of the future. So, Rob, I'm I, I'm seriously like overjoyed at your picks. I think it's just awesome. So yeah, I uh, just like retro future, but 
Heather totally talked me out of rocket rod. So I guess there's. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not hard to talk anybody out of rocket rod. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm more resentful of rocket. I mean, I remember it, but I'm more yeah. resentful of it because it destroyed that track because we we don't have people mover now and for yeah. for our listeners who don't know people mover was taken out because people thought it was boring eisner wanted rocket rods because mm-hmm. it would be much more exciting it was a failure when they went back yep. to put people mover back uh people mover had been grandfathered into some of the osha stuff so some of the safety stuff like you have to have a ladder every so many feet and you have to have railings and all these things they didn't have to have because they were grandfathered in, but if they were going to reopen it and rebuild it, they couldn't get the license to do it without all those upgrades. Plus some of the concrete was crumbling. And so they just put nothing back up there because it would have cost so much to do it. So darn you rocket rods. Would you say that the rocket rods perhaps informed the, the, the new Tron ride in Shanghai Disney? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I would say that. No, I don't it's, know. Okay. It's nothing yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah, I've been on sure. Tron. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, sure. It's really a poor version, but I'm just wondering if maybe generationally they learned something from rocket rods that yeah. helped make the Tron ride better. I'm pretty sure they were never going to put Tron on the people mover track in Disney world. Maybe they were, but uh, yeah, it was, Oh yeah, man, it's, yeah. it was a failure. Gosh. All right. Uh, let's go on to uh, Sean Solo. What's your last one? Uh, so a lot of mine have already been said, and my my third one was going to be the stagecoach, but we already talked about that a little bit. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Country Bear Jamboree. Yes. All right. Did anybody else have Country Bear? I All didn't right. think because it's still around in Florida, right? Yeah. But yes. So what? Okay. Uh, I mean, I mean, I saw it in, in Tokyo and that was a trip, but, uh, I, I've actually never seen country bears in Disneyland. I had the opportunity, but I did not. All right. Has, has everybody here seen country bears at Disneyland? Yeah. Okay. I'm not, I'm not that old. So other than, other than Sean Solo, who is the youngest, you guys are bookended by Sean's because Sean, (laughs) Sean Solo is the youngest of us. I'm here at the oldest end, but, uh, all right. So Sean, tell us why you wish you, you could see country bears jamboree there. Well, like I was saying, I saw it in Tokyo. It was all in Japanese. Well, most of it was, uh, which, which was pretty, pretty wild. I'll have to find the video and send it to you guys that I took. Uh, but it's just, I don't know. It's just classic Disney in my opinion. And I really regret not seeing it. Uh, I, I remember everybody went to see it. My mom did not like it. And so being a little child, I was like, oh, I guess I won't like it either. I'll stay with my mom because she offered to buy me a frozen banana. And so I remember <laughs> sitting outside eating a frozen banana, waiting for everybody else to, to get finished with Country and, Bears. And I believe that Country Bears, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Country Bears was originally designed for the uh, ski resort that Walt Disney was going to open. Uh, was it Mineral King or I can't remember the exact name of the ski resort. I don't remember. But uh, but yeah. yeah, they they were going to do uh, this animatronic show. They wanted he wanted animatronic bears. He wanted a full show. 
And then when uh, when the ski resort fell apart, the Disney ski resort, uh, he moved it over to Disneyland. I remember going like many times to the Disneyland version. And uh, I was very, very sad when they when they shut it down. That was a hugely popular attraction when it first opened. Heather, you doing uh, the drawing. And as a reminder for our listeners, be sure to tag us in an Instagram post and a Facebook post for two chances to win original artwork by Heather Poppins, Heather Walwork. Heather, why, why do you love the Country Bears? Um, I just really, really love the characters in it. I think just their faces and their expressions are so funny. They're just a lot of fun and the songs are fun. And yeah, it's just a, it's a jamboree. It's great. And it's my husband's favorite too. And so I like it because of that. Yeah. Nick, do you ever get the song stuck in your head? <laughs> Not stuck in my head, but I certainly, it it rings like a nostalgic bell in my head. But I, I want to say two things about, well, one thing at least about Country Bears Jamboree. When I went as a kid and I saw that, it ruined Chuck E. Cheese for me. <laughs> because I was like, that's what animatronics are supposed to look like. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese was just garbage after that. Yeah. Uh, I love it. If, if you really want to get nostalgic and have a good laugh about uh, the Country Bear Jamboree, uh, go check out the, a Goofy movie. Yes. Because in a goofy movie, they stay at this rundown campground that has a version. It's obviously an ode to the Country Bear Jamboree, uh, but it's everything's broken. It, it is so funny. A Lester's goofy movie. Lester's Possum Park. <laughs> Lester's Possum Park. <laughs> yes. That is so awesome. Um, Rob, did you ever see the Country Bears movie? No, I haven't seen the Country Bears movie. I hear it's terrible, and I've never seen the Goofy movie, so I I need to get on that. But uh, when it comes to the Country Bears, it was not something that I just didn't get it as a child. I didn't get it. Mm. Like, like I watched it, and I was like, okay, this is weird. But I did also have kind of on my list was America Sings, and so that's one I'm always fascinated with just because I never got to see that one either. And so that was also on my list, but as an honorable mention, so... Yeah, as a kid, I wasn't into shows. I was into rides. Yeah, I you you have to Rob. Next movie you watch when you finish Mary Poppins, watch a Goofy movie. It is, I I yeah, would yeah. say it's I would say list. quite possibly the most underrated uh, Disney film of all time. Like it is yeah. so clever and so funny. Every okay. scene is so funny, but it does have a cult following. When when you go to uh, when you go to Disneyland, every single time now, I see somebody wearing a shirt of uh, Power. What what was it called? Powerline. Yeah, Powerline. Powerline was the band. Like Powerline, like it, as if it were a concert T-shirt. I love it. Love the Powerline stuff. So, and then uh, Sean, since this was your attraction, if people really miss the uh, Country Bears and they're at Disneyland and they want just a little taste of Country Bears, how can they get that? Well, uh, if if you've ever ridden Winnie the Pooh, uh, make sure you look behind you uh, near the end of the attraction, and uh, you might see three uh, three familiar faces, yeah, or heads, I should say, uh, mounted on the wall behind yep. you. So, 
I'll let you, you guys to, look for it when Disneyland reopens. You have to look up and behind, and uh, they're right there. I think it's so cool that they left them there because Winnie the Pooh is where Country Bears used to be, and uh, just super cool. Yeah, still to me, that whole area is still Critter Corner. It's still, you know, it's still it's still the land of the bears. So awesome. Great, great choices. All right. Heather Poppins, what's your last one? Um, I have the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. Nice. Nice. Yeah. When I was a kid, my family used to watch it on an old VHS tape. And it was like when the father is introducing the mother to the treehouse and like the running water and the skylight in their bedroom and stuff. I just thought it'd be so much fun to live in a treehouse. And so when, when I actually went through the Swiss family Robinson treehouse for the first time, it was kind of a dream come true. It was a lot of fun and uh, you can still see it at Disney world, but they've changed it to the Tarzan treehouse at Disneyland. And, and that's great. It's a lot of fun too, but yeah, Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse is very nostalgic for me. Don't you feel like the Tarzan Treehouse has lost some of its charm? Like from where hmm. it was, I I feel like I feel like it's less charming. In that, you know, when when you would see like the uh, the buckets that would come up with the water and stuff, yeah, you could picture the connection to the Swiss Family Robinson. In like you almost expect one of the kids to ride by on an ostrich, like it's it's so very much them, you know, and all the little things they built. You could picture the father building whatever, whereas it feels like Tarzan maybe just lived there. That was, mm-hmm. you know, it was like it was already there, and he just kind of moved in. Right. It and feels almost at, a little bit yeah. sterile. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Rob, when I was at Magic Kingdom, I intentionally went to Swiss Family Treehouse one there was nobody there so I could like walk through it leisurely and nobody was behind me because I really wanted to take it in this time and it was a lot of fun and so I'm totally with you as a child I loved it and so luckily they still have it at Magic Kingdom and yeah. uh, it's, it's not the same but it's 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 still good totally you know, I have love to, it. I have to say it uh, that organ song that would play on the Calliope oh, yeah, yeah. That, uh, and they might have this at the Tarzan Treehouse in Anaheim too, but in Hong Kong they have the Tarzan Treehouse, and they've got a little phonograph record, and as one of the things that's playing the old Swiss Family Robinson thing, it's one of those like real inside Disney that if, if you weren't around for the Swiss Family Robinson thing, you wouldn't get the reference. But that little song was so much a part of the Swiss Family Tree because you heard it everywhere. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe it's called the Swiska Polka. Yeah. Am I am I wrong in that? No, you're right. Correct. Swiska Polka. That is you're something right. that I would have told you in a million years. I have no clue what that song is called. There it is. <laughs> it is called the Swiska Polka. Yes. Great job. That was without Googling or anything. Yes. I love it. So I actually fun- had a I had a friend that hopped the ride hopped the little divider barrier thing and started playing on the organ. Oh like, my gosh. We got video of him <laughs> just kind of hopping the ride. And I, either they didn't have cameras up there then, or they just didn't care. Cause he was up there for a bit, just kind of faking and everybody was walking by like, who's this guy? And, yeah, yeah. That wouldn't happen. That, that wouldn't happen today. 
Sean, do you, do you remember the Swiss Family Robinson Trias? I do, uh, but I I definitely remember Tarzan's Treehouse a little more. Yeah, just because that's sure. been around for more of my life than uh, Swiss Family. But one of the best views at night. Yes, if you stand on the landing, yeah, you can see a ton. So, quick, quick, funny side story on the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. Uh, we were at Disney World. We took our family and we had a lot of kids. And so we had a nanny who lived with us for many years. She became like family to us. We actually brought her with us on that trip. She knew nothing about Disneyland or Disney World. So she was always like, all right, what are we doing next? And we'd tell her. So we said, all right, we're doing the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. And we went, we went through it. We had a great time. We're pointing out this and that. We get out at the end and she looks around and she goes, well, where's the ride? I said, no, that was, that was the attraction. She goes, oh, I thought that was just the line. She goes, I thought we were in line the whole time. I thought the entire attraction was a line. I can see so, that. <laughs> so every time we go now, we have to text her a photo of us looking around like, where's the ride? So super cool, Heather. And I love that some of these, you know, like the People Mover and like Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse and Country Bear Jamboree, you can still experience them may they never go away at the other parks where they are so very very good all right this takes us over to mr nick at night what's your third and final so i i decided to not go with one of them because before we started you said we shouldn't pick something that could come back and i had the main street electrical parade which has come on and off and yeah. I, I def- yeah. definitely want to hear that again. Unless you have like a super loud PA system blaring that music, there's nothing like hearing it at Disneyland because the, just the way it echoes down Main Street, there's something to it that's just magical. But because that could come back, I decided to go with something that is going to make everybody think a lot less of me. And what that is, is the Wizard of Bras, the Hollywood Maxwell <laughs> Intimate Apparel Shop on Main Street. <laughs> No, I consider what? that. I consider oh. that. Oh, Nick, that is so funny. No, uh, this goes back to the boat. Tell us about the Wizard of Bras. <laughs> so it's just so strange to me to picture that in 1955, Disneyland had an intimate apparel shop on Main Street and that it literally had a guy that was called the wizard of bras that when you walked in that's how he greeted you and and it's just such a strange idea to me but yet at the same time part of the reason i went with it is because i think that you and sean solo when you were at the park after hours sitting on the bench that that is the porch of what used to be the intimate apparel shop so I thought that you guys might have a fun connection with that. But I I just think that and, and my wife, when we when I posed the question to her about what what it would be, she said that would have been one of her three was that too. But I just think that that's crazy. I would love to see something crazy. And I don't know if they have apparel with Mickey's on it or how that all worked out. But I just think that would have been hilarious. Nick, I love that you chose this. Yes, that was definitely before my time. And it is so bizarre. Wait, oh. Is this the music of the Wizard of Bras? No, no it's the Main Street. <laughs> oh, oh, but imagine yeah, watching it. First. 
from the porch of the Wizard of Baraz. <laughs> you, could, you could get like some brazier support and watch the electric. Watch the parade. Parade. Yeah. What's funny is like it seems so weird now, but that it didn't then. Like, isn't that weird? That to me is the weirdest part. Is that like it seemed like it wasn't that big of a deal back then, you know? So right, you you would have thought it was more pure time or something, or yeah, that would have kept that more hidden. But no, it was right there on Main Street. Amazing. Well, I love that you chose it. Does anyone else have any thoughts on the on the Wizard of Bras? I'm still I, trying to I figure out it. <laughs> if it's like something that you guys are making up right now. <laughs> like, it was literally a lingerie store. It. <laughs> it was a lingerie oh, store. Crazy. On Main Street. It wasn't very long. It was like two years or something. It was very short lived. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> I, I'm sending I'm sending you a text message. That's all there is to it. Yeah. You're gonna never wizard. Never, oh boy. <laughs> I've never seen the inside of it pictures or anything but uh does anybody know if there's like this giant head when you walk in <laughs> that's oh, being like, controlled like by uh, a guy behind the curtain <laughs> no but you do get to see what the wizard of bras looked like <laughs> and I it's love weird. It. It, it would almost be a little off-putting today because <laughs> it, so it looks kind of creepy <laughs> so I love the fact, and, and this is backstory for our listeners, Nick just texted the link about it to the entire Castle Collective group. So the four members of the Castle Collective group who are not on the show tonight are wondering why you just texted them the Wizard of Bras. They're going to learn too. <laughs> this is all part of uh, being educated on all things Disney. Yeah, I just can't imagine... You know, the, the mother with all the, the children and the husband saying, you guys run along. I need to stop in at the Wizard of Bras and pick something up on our way. I just it makes <laughs> it just makes no sense. Any other thoughts on the Wizard of Bras or should we move along? You're welcome, by the way. Nick, thank you. Thank you for making that choice. All right. I think uh, I actually think everybody has gone except for my final one. My final one, I, uh, I kind of wish that, uh, that Brian Lords was here for this uh, because this is my final one. I'm going to play a little clip here. Can you guys hear it? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> there you go. Definitely want to get on my list. This is my number one right here. Yeah. It's just another part of me. So Captain EO during the 1980s. There is no word. All right, here we go. Right here. Got it. All right. So sing Captain, it, Sean. Sing it. Captain, I, oh, I, I do know the word. See, there's the. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's such a good <laughs> it's so song. Good. Good. So good when, when Captain EO came out, the Captain EO Theater, I mean, the whole experience, the fact yes. that the, you know, there were lights built into the theater that would shine as there were lasers blasting and, 
uh, the, the, your seats would rock and would move and everything about it was awesome. And it was in 3d and Michael Jackson was the greatest. I still think the single greatest superstar of all time. And the fact that he was in a Disney park and all this was going on and there were actual like computer generated animation things. And my young self was blown away by it. And we would go see it as much as we could. You'd sometimes have to wait through four or five sittings of it to see it back in the eighties. And then uh, my kids, they brought it back. They brought it back uh, probably 10, 12 years ago. And uh it hasn't necessarily aged well, I think is safe to say. I think it's fair to say that it hasn't aged super well, and yet I love it. To this day, I love Captain EO, and you can get it. You can watch the whole thing on YouTube, and I do, and I listen to the music, and I love everything about it, and I'm unashamed. And the reason I said it'd be great to have Brian here is because I think that Brian, I think that there are two ages that can appreciate Captain EO. There are the older people who can appreciate it because we remember how it was. There are the much younger who can appreciate it in a retro kind of a way. The people who can't are in the middle, and that's Brian, where it's just old and dumb. And I get it, but I love Captain EO. I will now open the floor to any thoughts on Captain EO and the late, may he rest in peace, Michael Jackson. I have many thoughts. I love I love that as a child. Uh, it was a 3D movie, and that first image as that rock, that asteroid is spinning, and yeah. then you reach out for it. And then it and gets then, blasted um, by the ship. Exactly. And then Fuzzball, the little character, mm-hmm. I bought that. I still have that. That's like one of my prized stuffed animals from my childhood. Yeah, That's and cool. then um, why I, the actress, who was the actress? Um, Angelica Houston. Angelica Houston, when she reaches out and everybody goes, oh, you oh. think me beautiful? beautiful? And her fingernails clicking. Oh, yeah. so good. But but when those credits hit, it's just such a great, like you just like, I just experienced this amazing thing and you're listening to that song and it hits you. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Sean. I love it. Nostalgia all the way. Yeah, I, I love it. I got to go see it 11 years ago or whatever it was when it came back and I, I loved it then too. In fact, I loved the sound system of it because I think they had the rumble seats and all that, which was kind of something they do more now, but they didn't back then. And I think if I, I could be wrong, but I had a VHS recorded version of the making of Captain EO that was that yes. was done by Whoopi Goldberg, hosted mm. by Whoopi Goldberg. I watched that. I think I probably watched that a hundred times because that was all the Captain EO I could get outside the park was that. So, yeah, I'm, I totally am with you. I, I honestly was going to pick it, but I knew you were picking it. So I didn't waste <laughs> one of my choices on it. I, I actually have a Captain EO t-shirt that I wear to the parks on a regular basis. So nice. I love it. Uh, Heather thoughts on Captain EO. I uh, watched it when I was very, very young, my first time to Disneyland. And um, I don't remember very much, but I do remember the fingernails. That was my takeaway from that. (laughs) (laughs) The fingernails. Yeah, fantastic. (laughs) And Sean, you saw it when it was refreshed, right? Uh, I I actually saw it uh, in the 90s. So I think it was still there from, from the 80s. 
uh, and it scared the crap out of me when I was little. I remember <laughs> that. I did not like the the lady. Was she like a creepy looking lady? She was remember. until she became beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And so I would like hide my eyes, but uh, <laughs> then I did. I did want to do it again when they redid it, and I just thought it was corny as heck. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I guess I don't have the same appreciation as everybody else for it. Oh, it's corny. <laughs> but that doesn't matter it's good and point. i'm not a big michael jackson fan really there's some good songs but yeah I, and then that part sean when he comes up when it first reveals him and he like rises up yeah and then he turns around <laughs> and then he speaks and you're like oh he's a 12 year old boy <laughs> he's not like we're gonna go down there Hooter, you know, you're like, oh gosh, oh, oh my gosh, you just said it just like it. That was spot on. <laughs> that was amazing, Rob. It sounded just like him. Hooter, like, oh, don't talk. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, but it was we're the still... laughter of the universe. Yeah, but it was still fantastic, and he was. He'll was, always be Captain EO, and he's so talented and so amazing. One more thing. I forgot to t- mention this. Did you know that there is a bootleg? It's called Captain Eeyore that was made at what? Walt Disney World by cast members in actual mascot costumes. No like, way. And it's it was underground and it was fully produced. Look it up on YouTube. Captain Eeyore. And they like <laughs> lip sync in their outfits. It's the weirdest thing. I love yeah. it. Love that. Oh, that's hilarious. All right. Well, that it really is. That wraps it up for us. That those are all of our uh, those are all of our things that we would bring back. While we did not do a top three rapid fire, I'm just going to go through, and everybody's going to say one. What is your number one? In our hearts, we all have a number one. So, if you could only bring back one thing, we're not going to go back into talking about it. But of your three, what's your number one, Sean Solo? Adventures through inner space. Nick at night. Uh, it'd be a poor business decision, but the Starcade. <laughs> Skipper Rob. There it is. I found it. We're now in the color caverns as we go through <laughs> on the mine train through nature. Beautiful. <laughs> Heather Poppins. Uh, the Skyway. Yeah. And for me, it's Captain EO. Uh, although honestly I could support every single one of them that you guys all said. So to our listening audience out there, what did we miss? What did we get wrong? What are we crazy on? What are the things that you're sitting there going, what, it shouldn't be that. And how did you miss this? And, you know, please get on social media, tell us, we'd love to hear about it. And don't forget, you have a chance to win an original piece by Heather Wallwork, such a talented artist. Go check her out at story underscore monster on Instagram, where you can see this all. But on our Facebook page and on our Instagram page, we will have a picture of what you can win. All you have to do is tag us in a post. How simple is that? Telling the world how much you enjoy the show so we can start to get the word out there to more people, especially as our beloved Disneyland is less than 30 days away from reopening. So we want to thank you guys for uh, tuning in. If you do enjoy the show, if you could share it with people, that really helps us out. And then also we love five-star reviews. We really appreciate it, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you could get on and uh, leave us a five-star review, we would really appreciate it. 
And uh, so until next time, when we get together on the Castle Collective, on behalf of Sean Solo, Nick at Night, Skipper Rob, and Heather Poppins, I'm Sean Rapier. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you.